today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Military, when you look at something like ISIS, which I believe are demonically influenced and empowered, I believe that maybe it could be military. But I have absolutely no problem in thinking that God is using just a beast, uh, rather a large insect or whatever it might be, that again, just that he could use anything at any time to again pour out his wrath on those who continued, continually, continually turn their hearts and lives away from God. Tormented them for five months. You think God gets pleasure out of the fact that for five months they were suffering? We're warned in Scripture about God's wrath being poured out on those who turn from Him. What Pastor David is urging us to do today is share the good news. No one has to go through that torment. We are all given ample time and information to choose whether we accept the Lord or not. We have the antidote to a very severe plague that's about to come our way. Why would we keep it to ourselves? Why are we not sharing with urgency? We need to save as many people as possible before it's too late. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Revelation chapter 9 with today's edition of The Open Word. Again, I'm not going to die on that hill, but uh, in my own understanding of it, uh, it looks like some of these things are so similar that he's speaking about the same events. But here we have, as this smoke moves upon the earth, there's this far greater threat that's actually going to be taken place. Look what happens in verse 3 here in chapter 9. Then out of the smoke, locusts came. They came upon the earth, and to them was given the power as the scorpions of the earth have power. Verse 4, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. Now, at this point in time, you need to get your creatures straight, okay? Because all through Revelation, we get different creatures and different things happening. So here's the test. What kind of creature came out of the smoke of the abyss? Locusts that acted like scorpions. So it wasn't scorpions but it was locusts themselves. So there's different kinds of locusts, but these guys, they don't act like regular locusts. We're going to find out a little bit later that they don't even look like regular locusts. Again, the the result of their appearance doesn't affect the world even like normal locusts do. What they're going to be doing is totally different. Locusts, normally, they're an environmental disaster when locusts come in, especially huge waves and swarms and 
literally plagues of locusts. Where's the first plague of locusts that we hear of in the Bible? Anybody remember? In Egypt, right. As again, as Moses goes to Pharaoh, let my people go, and the ten plagues that come, and one of those is a plague of locusts. Locusts everywhere, everywhere. And to help us to understand a little bit better how bad a plague like that is, it was only back in 1915 that there was a locust invasion in the area of Israel. Now, again, Israel hadn't been reestablished as a state at that point in time. There were a lot of different people groups that were living in the area that was then known as Palestine. But that plague went through eating almost all of the vegetation, cut into the food supply of the people that lived in that region, actually brought almost starvation because of this mass swarm of locusts. Then there was a devastation of the crops about that same time in the United States in the 1915, or in that area. And it preceded the great drought that we had in the middle of the United States, the Dust Bowl. So again, these locusts, horrible, horrible things. In 2004, Africa suffered from the largest infestation of locusts that they had ever seen. Some of the most fertile regions of both northern and western Africa were impacted by this. And in March 2013, Almost 50% of the country of Madagascar was under the attack of this huge swarm of estimated over billions and billions of locusts. As a matter of fact, it was labeled as plague status. I mean, I get, I get irritated when I find a cricket in my house, okay? I, I cannot imagine this kind of thing. But those were just normal locusts. Let's look at something different here. Now, we've seen in some of these other plagues or calamities that the wrath of God has been pouring out on the earth, we've seen a lot of environmental calamity already. The ocean being filled with blood, the the creatures of the ocean dying, a third of them. We've seen a third of the trees destroyed, the fruit-bearing trees and the grasses uh, being destroyed. We've seen those things already. But this plague now comes... And it comes only to hit mankind himself. It's not an environmental plague. It's a plague among people. And yet, not all of the people are going to be impacted by it. Which ones can't they touch? We read it just a moment ago, I believe. The 144,000. Why? Because they've been sealed by God. So God supernaturally protects them in the midst of pouring out his wrath at that point in time. Supernaturally, those 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel are protected. They've got the mark of God on their forehead. And we saw that back in chapter 7, those that were sealed already. So this particular plague is also different in the fact that it doesn't take a man's life. It only makes him wish he could die. Because again, just just how horrible, horrible it is. It says in verse 5 that they were not given the authority to, to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Now, you've got to understand, here, yes, I believe Satan was given that key. He was given permission. He was given authority to open that pit. But he didn't have authority himself. He opened that pit, and these locusts came out, and they're going to bring this plague on mankind. But again, they're going to have the authority to torment man, but their authority is limited. God limits even that. He says, no, we're not going to kill them. 
we're going to torment them for five months. It says this torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. We don't know exactly what this torment is going to be, but it does say it's like the torment of a scorpion that strikes a man. Now, I've been struck by bees. I've been struck by wasps. I've never been struck by a scorpion. Some of you, if, if you've bought a new house in Casa Grande, you've probably seen your, your fill of scorpions in some of these new houses because as they build these houses in these desert areas, suddenly we're invading upon their territory. They say that when a scorpion stings, that if you are healthy and not a, a small child or uh, too old or a senior and have health issues, that although it's painful, for the most part, it's harmless, and in a few days, the, it just kind of goes away. I wonder if they, who say that, have ever been bitten by a scorpion. You know, yeah, it's, it's harmless, don't worry about it. But actually, there's only about 30 different types of scorpions. It's interesting, the information you can find. 30 different types of scorpions out of a possible 1,500 type of scorpions that are actually lethal with their sting. One of those types of scorpions, as a matter of fact, the only one in the United States, is what's called the bark scorpion. And guess where they're found? Right here, right here, in the desert southwest. Of course, that's where we live, so uh, amazing on that. But these scorpions, these locusts, actually, with their scorpion sting, their type of sting, they're not lethal, but they are so painful, so painful, that men just want to die. Man, it's just with real sadness, you know, we hear the news like what took place just this week with Robin Williams, you know. Robin Williams, he wasn't a Christian, I understand that, but he was a good actor, he was a good comedian, did a lot of, you know, charitable things, but under depression, so bad, something that he had fought for years and years and years, until finally he just took his own life. How far down does a person have to get to be that way? To be in pain, to be in pain so severe and so hard in your life that you just can't bear it anymore. I've talked to people actually on, on both those things, in depression so much that they just don't want to live anymore. And I've talked to people who, again, had just such physical pain in their life. They just wish the Lord would take them home so they did not have to deal with it anymore. It's a hard, hard place to be. And yet the Word says that they will even seek to die try to die. Men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. John goes on as best he can, I believe, to describe these creatures. And I don't think there's a whole lot of purpose in trying to make a whole lot out of the description. But one thing I want you to see, there's something that is physically visible to John. This isn't just some spirit thing. No, there is something that's very physical that he sees, so much so that he's able to give some kind of a description to it. And personally, I feel that, that since these creatures came out of the abyss, that they are actually demonic creatures of some sort. 
and how they've got the body of a locust with all these different things on them and, and the differentiation that John makes between it being a locust with these different characteristics and all. It's hard for us to understand. I believe it's probably hard even for John to be able to write down and to give some kind of a logical description of it. But these demonic creatures that are being used in this torment. He writes in verse 7 that the shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. Now, take a moment to try and imagine all that, okay? It kind of really almost impossible. You've got to really convert and make some really weird-looking things. Demonic is the only word that I can put on. I believe that it looks demonic even. I believe that, again, just the fear even of these things coming. Now, again, you read the reports of these swarms of locusts that have come in at different times around the world and how just overwhelming that is. But now these locusts, they're not worried about eating your crops out there. They're going to come in and they're going to sting. They're going to infect the people there with their sting. He says their breastplates were like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of of chariots with many horses running into battle. So not only their look, but just their appearance had to be so overwhelming overwhelming. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. Five months. I know that Hal Lindsey, back in the 1970s, I believe it was his book, uh, The Late Great Planet Earth, did a, uh, a book uh, with study on end times, prophecies, and a lot of revelation that was in it. Well, he described or what he said that this described to him was, again, a military effect, uh, that the tails with a stinger was like almost uh, some kind of a weapon on the end of, say, like a, a helicopter. And even if you've ever seen the look of an Apache helicopter and some of the other helicopters that we have, they are vicious-looking machines. They, they're enough to bring fear into you, just if you see one coming up over the hill coming at you. They would be shooting some kind of a chemical that didn't kill people, but just the, the burning sensation of a sting all over the body or if it got into the pores of the skin. Well, I don't know for sure. I don't completely discount it, but I think more than just a weapon, a military weapon, I think we need to zero in on the fact that I believe that these, again, are demonic spirits that are just wrecking havoc on all those who had turned against God. It's interesting, too, that the normal lifespan of a locust is actually five months. They usually come, they're kind of birthed up around May or so, and they live till about September. They lay their eggs and die. And so it's kind of interesting that these guys are given the power and the ability to impact those that they stung for five months. Military, when you look at something like ISIS, which I believe are demonically influenced and empowered, I believe that maybe it could be military. But I have absolutely no problem in thinking 
that God is using just a beast, uh, rather a large insect or whatever it might be, that again, just that he could use anything at any time to again pour out his wrath on those who continued, continually, continually turn their hearts and lives away from God. Tormented them for five months. You think God gets pleasure out of the fact that for five months they were suffering? I wonder again if it's like what we've looked at in some of these pauses and some of these times. Is that a time for them yet still to turn to God? And yet they don't. They just wish to die. Or like we've read elsewhere, they just call for the mountains to fall on them, to to kill them. Rather than turning to God, they turn to the mountains and pray for the mountains to fall on them just so it would be over. Not realizing that it's not over, that this life isn't over when we stop breathing, but our spirit continues on. These locusts, as we shared, different than regular locusts, and maybe it is that they are military uh, impacts that they, they can't even begin to imagine in John's day, flying helicopter, an Apache helicopter, or drones, or all kinds of things. These locusts, they have a king that rules over them. Verse 11 says they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he has the name Apollyon. Natural locusts aren't led by a king. They're just led by a swarm. It's not like one goes out and they follow behind him. They just move in a swarm. These here have a king, and this king actually has a name. So in doing that and speaking that, that brings not so much a symbolism as much as man. This is a reality that there is a leader here. There are forces that he is controlling, that he's directing here. Then this is just the beginning of the woes. This is the first of the woes. Verse 12 says, one woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. So we look at the next, verse 13. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now, there's a lot of things on here that we want to look at. First of all, this altar, you've got to realize this is the same altar where earlier on there, there were prayers going up to the Lord, and there is an angel there. I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar. This is the altar of the prayers of the saints. And it says, go and release these four angels four angels that are bound at the river Euphrates. Apparently, these weren't your basic good angels, okay? These weren't your God's, you know, ministering and serving angels. These angels are bound. These are being held back. And it's interesting, too, they're bound at the river Euphrates. Where is all the torment and all the the problem going on with ISIS right now? You look on a map, And it's right there. It is in that very exact area. Beloved, I think that these things are getting set up so much into place. 
It is just phenomenal when we read the news and we look at the reports and we read the Word of God and we start seeing and we lay these things out, one on a map of what prophecy says, one on a map of the events of the world today, and we see how these things literally just kind of merge together. I think that it's also interesting to note that there was a specific hour, a specific day, a specific month, a specific year that these angels had been prepared for. It's not like, well, just hold them over there until the time. No, there's a specific exact hour God knew in advance. He planned and purposed all of these things. That's what they were created for. They were created for this very moment of history, this very moment of all of eternity. That's interesting. It says, have them released. They're at the great river Euphrates. Verse 15, so the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the army of the horsemen was 200 million. And John says, I heard the number of them. So it's not like John is guessing or John's trying to count. He says, no, I heard the number of them. For years, I've heard that this would be the Chinese army because only the Chinese have that big of an army that they could actually bring up 200 million men. However, if you tie this in, we're going to go on a little rabbit trail here. Stick with me. But I I want to tie these things in with you. You might want to write them down and look, but just stick with me. If you tie this verse in, this 200 million man army, if you tie this in with chapter 16, verse 12, we see that there's more than one king that's ruling over this vast army. In chapter 16 of Revelation, verse 12, we read, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of what? The king of the east? No, plural. The kings of the east might be prepared. This is part of that thing where I think that there's a parallel, that they're going in conjunction with each other. Here in chapter 9, they've been given the authority to go out to kill a third of mankind, There's a 200 million man army. And then over in chapter 16, we are actually in the the seventh trumpet, the sixth bowl of the seventh trumpet. And it speaks that now the river Euphrates is drying up. These angels, where were they bound? They were bound at the great river Euphrates. So I believe that this 200 million man army could be a confederation of nations that are joined together, not just one. Perhaps as we look at the news today, It might be a vast pulling together of the Muslims, both Sunni and Shia Muslims, joined together. And remember, I think we've shared uh, over the last few weeks as we, and believe me, my, my messages in my own brain are kind of running together as we go through this. Because again, we look at in a lot of Russia, there are Muslims in Russia. In the Ukraine, there are Muslims in the Ukraine. Turkey is almost all Muslim right now. We look at uh, Syria. We look at Iran. We look at Iraq. We look at all of these areas. And again, the vastness of that army coming together. Could maybe God be pulling all those together, them thinking that they have this great authority, this great power, but God is simply using them for his purposes for his times. On the other hand, maybe we spend possibly too much time 
thinking about the 200 million man army and not enough thought put on the horses. The letters to the churches found in Revelation 2 and 3 repeat the phrase, to the one who overcomes, followed with a promise centered in God's goodness to his people. What does overcoming look like for you today? Maybe it's just getting up in the morning, getting dressed, and going out into life. Maybe it's continuing to sing his praises even through a tough circumstance. Maybe overcoming today is holding on to that small hope that tomorrow can be a better day in your marriage. Take some time today to check out those promises, remembering to hold on to Jesus because he is our hope. We're so glad you tuned in today to The Open Word. We know that life is tough, but doing life in community can make even the hardest situation more bearable. With that in mind, here's Pastor David with an invitation for you. Hey, if you're in the Casa Grande area and you're looking for a church to attend, I'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. At 6.30 p.m., we meet on Wednesday evenings and Saturday evenings. You can find directions and a little more about the church by visiting theopenword.com. Follow the links at the bottom of the page to Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. I'm excited to have you be a part of our time of Bible study and fellowship. Our website, one more time, is theopenword.com. Information about the church is at the bottom of that page, the link for Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. Thanks, Pastor David. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Pastor David still has much to share, though, so be sure to tune in again to continue walking verse by verse through Revelation. That's right here on The Open Word. Make-